Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome into yet another installment of the Field of Play. Today on our menu list, we'll be discussing about the final SEMA, the game between Italy and Argentina, uh, the AFCON qualifiers, the World Cup qualifiers, and what's been trending on the social media platforms. Leo Messi led Argentina to their second trophy in a year. Um, that, that was the final SEMA between Argentina and Italy. And it was his 40th trophy in his career and still going strong. The studio is always um, with Papi and uh, Ropa. So Papi, can Argentina go all the way and win the World Cup um, later on the year? Look, as far as playing fantastic football is concerned, I think Argentina is playing well. I actually watched the, the final between uh, Italy and Argentina. The final Amasima, is it? Finalissima, yeah. Finalissima, yeah. It was an interesting game. Uh, Argentina were playing tactically and defensively. They looked very sharp and they looked very sound. Then, as, as, as things stand right now with the football they're playing, they're in contention, but it's the World Cup, you know. Was that a strong message sent to the rest of the world? Uh, uh, definitely. If, if you're playing with, uh, if it's the, the South American champions versus the European champions, I think on paper, both teams sh- should be strong. Uh, but it looked like a one-sided affair to me. I think uh, Messi, Depau, Lesoso, and everyone who was playing in the front line, your Martinez, I think they were having a field day. I think it was very easy to, to cut through that uh, Italian midfield day. So it looked fairly a, a field day for the Argentinians. They were dominating the game from start to finish. Was Messi your, your man of the match? It's difficult. It's difficult to pick a man of the match because I think uh, starting at the midfield, going upwards... I think uh, Martinez in front played superbly. I think the power in the middle field played superbly. Angel Di Maria has had one of his uh, best performances in an Argentinian shirt. So it's very, it was a tight call. But you know, if Messi is the god, and I think you should just give him the man of the match. But I would personally give uh, Angel Di Maria the man of the match performance. But he actually ran the show, Messi. He was creating chances, um, putting those dangerous balls um, to the forwards' uh, territories. And also, just he was instrumental Messi in the was overall. Very, Messi was very instrumental, the especially in the first half. He was dropping deep and collecting the ball and threading those first-time passes through Angle Di Maria, through uh, Martinez. He, he was very influential from the uh, third phase of the game, going upwards. But Angle Di Maria, for me, that that wonderful uh, dink goal, I think, it was befitting. Remember, he scored in the final again in, uh, in the South Copa America, America, the Copa, yeah. So I think Angle, whenever Angle Di Maria plays in the final, he scores and Argentina wins. For that and those fantastic skills, fantastic flicks, and that one-time volley that uh, from the corner from kick, the corner kick, that practice set piece, I think it was wonderful, even though he didn't find the back of the net. I would say, for me, Angle Di Maria, but... Messi, it wasn't a bad choice for man of the match. It's, it's 32 games un, unbeaten for, um, for this Albicelisa side dropper. Why are people sleeping on Argentina? I guess you could say that, um, you know, their competition is so strong. And in previous years, you know, they've really been hyped up, but they haven't lived up to expectations. It's only now when they are starting to show that they are serious and they want to compete with the best teams. Yeah, rightly so, Ropa. So, they are, they, according to the bookies, they are the fourth favorite. It's, it's Brazil first, then France second, England third. Fourth, it's Spain. And um, Argentina is actually the fifth. So exactly why are they putting them uh, 
that that far 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 away because they said they are the South American uh, champions and also this finalist of champions but they are putting England in Spain above Argentina so um, I guess you where, say, where is the um, bias it's also about their World Cup performances you know they're being the bookies are based on the World Cup right and in the World Cup they haven't performed as well they seem to do better in these supposedly smaller competitions so on the big stage they just have stronger opponents okay um, poor performance from Italy on the day puppy um, and also is it a time for a reboot for them the the final against Argentina for me I think it was a farewell for most of the senior players the likes of uh, uh, Chiellini uh, we will never see the Chiellini Bonucci in combo again yeah in senior and probably uh, probably Immobile Immobile as well so I think uh, Mancini mentioned that after that le- le- the final he wanted uh, just to give a chance for the guys who won uh, the Euro a chance to win another one before the new phase which is the Europe you, the, the Nations League he's on the rebuild we could see that uh, the game that he played against uh, Portugal uh, he, he fielded in a, a, a fairly young young team Okay, rightly so. So Argentina played Australia their, their second game in four days away. That was in in Europe, and uh, on Sunday they thrashed the, the Estonian side five nil. Kiris of Lionel Messi's five goals. What a brilliant display from from him and his side. Very compact. Ropa, who is more important for this Argentina side besides Messi? Um, I guess you could say uh, Lotaro Martinez is coming in again. Um, Angel Di Maria, you know, probably mentioned that he would make him man of the match uh, for that finalissima. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Papi, help me out. Who would you Papa, we need you. Look, your I, point. Think, I, think, I think it's clear to see when you see uh, the, the, the whole squad when they're celebrating. Their celebrations are centered around one man and that's uh, Lionel Messi. He's the one who gets the loudest cheers from his teammates. He's the one who always gets to be carried by his teammates. So I think they realize that the most important player in our squad is Messi. Once Messi starts to get into his attacking groove, some flair, some skill, some composure, some drive, I think everyone feeds off that energy. So for me, I think Messi is the is the most important player, but there are some critical elements or players in that squad as well. The likes of Angel Di Maria, Rodrigo Di Paolo for me, and uh, Lautaro Martinez. Was 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 that game a, a reflection to the, to the world that if Messi was playing in this in the in, in Europe or this European qualifiers <laughs> would have been clear above everyone else in terms of goals and assists? Considering just one game versus Estonia, he banked five goals and that was it. Look, five goals against Estonia. If you are Lionel Messi, later alone if you are Argentina, I think I think it's it's quite it's quite, it's quite possible to happen. But uh, nonetheless, Messi can score any way he played. Even if Messi was was uh, to play in Africa, he would still score plenty of goals. Even if Messi was uh, to play in Asia, he would still score plenty of goals. To Messi, it doesn't matter uh, whether the opponent. But uh, yeah, it was Estonia. Okay, so this past two games, Ropa, was this uh, a dig towards or a reply towards Kylian Mbappe's remarks? Because they played the best team in, in Europe and the worst team, one of the worst, if not the worst team in Europe, that's Italy and Estonia. Kylian had said um, these South American teams um, just have a, really a walk in the park in, in South America. So now after beating this, uh, this, best, this best team and the worst team, what can we say about that? 
yeah, I guess you could, you could say that it was a response, but um, I don't think, you know, Argentina were going out saying, we want to prove Kiel and Bappe wrong. They just wanted to win the trophy, and they did. And, um, yeah, I guess you could say that, but I don't think that was their main, main motive, main. was to prove Bappe wrong. You know, it was to win the trophy. But even after the game, the, the Argentinian players were being interviewed and they were saying they're actually responding to, to that question. Even Paredes even said that um, Killian doesn't know like this time, the, the conditions that we face like like back in South America, in Bolivia, the altitude, in Colombia, the mountains. So he doesn't even know that. So it seems like in the back of their minds, that was still lingering there. Yeah, I, I mean, and they did. Um, respond very well, you know. It, you know, it was very, it was a very emphatic response. Okay, rightly so. So the Samba boys won four one against South Korea on Saturday, and on Monday played against the Samurais. That's uh, from from Japan, with Neymar scoring a late penalty to end over a late win. Brazil are bookies' favorites. Uh, they're supposed to win this World Cup, and it's been a while since they last won this World Cup. They last won the World Cup in 2002. That was in Korea. So. Will they absorb this pressure? I think every time Brazil goes into a World Cup uh, with with that uh, number one uh, winner tag, I think they always play under pressure. Let's look at the World Cup in 2006. Uh, they had the likes of Ronaldinho, Kaka, Ronaldo, and then they failed uh, to meet the expectations. Again, 2010, Brazil didn't play very well. And at home, they were humiliated in and, uh in 2014, they were humiliated by Germany, who went on to win. So I think every time Brazil plays as the tournament's favorite, I think they will crumble under pressure. Um, Neymar scored the 70th, 74th goal of the of his career, Brazilian career, and um, he's now three behind the great Pele. Uh, if he, he managed to surpass that record, Papi, where will he rank among the all-time best? As far as uh, the Brazilian uh, faithful are concerned, I think you are only immortalized if you have won the World Cup, is it? You look at the likes of uh, Pele, he's won the World Cup uh, more than uh, two, he won the World Cup three times, is it? You look at uh, the great Ronaldo, he won the World Cup twice, even Ronaldinho. So the, all the greats, they've won it. So for me, if he doesn't win the World Cup, for me, I think... Uh, history will tell you tell that will tell him that uh, all the legends in his category they have all won the World Cup apart from him. But Ropa, some of these legends that, that, that are that, that are in contention with him, like some of the names, they've got the World Cup, the World Cup like Papi alluded to, but Neymar doesn't have. But his name is put into that that same um, box or basket. What can we say about that now? <laughs> he doesn't have that, mean, the World Cup, but his name is being mentioned with the with the great. So. Yeah, I mean, he's a generational talent. You know, he, he, he can't win the World Cup by himself. That's the thing. I think he's doing his part as an individual, but maybe the rest of the team is is not helping the cause. Yeah, so Brazil uh, is actually under pressure. They're supposed to del- deliver late, later on the year. So only time will tell if they'll manage to go and win this prestige, prestigious uh, competition. So the timing of the Nations League has brought some criticism from the players and the managers in general. Players are supposed players are supposed to be resting by now, puppy, but they are playing those international games. Like for example, the Nations League, they are playing four games in ten days. Santos was complaining that, oh, in what world uh, are we witnessing such um, scenes that players are being pl- made to work extra hard? Im- imagine they are coming off uh, a long season. 
but now mentally and physically they are drained but is the timing of this nations league that uh, brought this into criticism was is fifa supposed to do something about this going forward look i think i think it's a serious issue that we're facing uh, uh, especially the players uh, they come off a, a long tiresome season for example the the the, the just ended Buckley's Premier League. It was one of the only few, if not the only uh, remaining league, which was only allowing three substitutions. So it, it took the whole season took a toll uh, on, on, on most of these players, especially the top team players, uh, the players who were fighting for, for the title, the likes of uh, Manchester City and uh, Liverpool. They had to play games in and out every week, but it's the Champions League and whatnot. So once once the season is over, I think players they need to rest mentally and physically. So the timing for me for 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 these four international fixtures of the Nations League, I think it's it's a it's a bit off for me. That's why that's why we are seeing that uh, most of these games they start off a bit slow and sluggish, but once the game is almost reaching uh, 15 minutes to full time, they start to you know uh, give it a last go. But the tempo and the energy at first uh, is is a bit low. So so Ropa, this means the holidays are shortened. Yes, for they the are. players, they are, and you know, like Papi said, they just finished the Premier League. Um, they they have a short break, or they have the Nations League a short break and then they go to pre-season and then they've got the season the Premier League starts in August and then the World Cup in November so it's very very tough I, I, I honestly feel sorry for the players because they become more injury prone and I'm sure when you look at if you're a club manager you're thinking if this player you know an important player for your team if they're playing they come back to the club they're injured you're at a loss so I just think the timing is off and I personally feel the Nations League is not even necessary this year. Okay, going into the season, the, the um, EPL introduced a f- uh, five, five substitution rule. Finally. Mm. Finally. <laughs> Finally. And also the players, like like you alluded to, the players, maybe they'll kind of be uh, drained in this. It's a long season injury and stuff. So this five, five substitution rule, will this favor the big teams more or... Even the small teams will have a knock-on effect. <laughs> I personally feel, and I know Papi disagrees with uh, me, but I feel this will benefit the bigger teams more than the smaller teams. Why? When the bigger teams are in the market and they're looking for players, they're going to go for the best players, right? So their bench, when you look at these five subs that they can bring on, these five subs that can come onto the game and change the game would go into the first team of the opponent. So these smaller teams, they can just purchase squad players. Squad players in, instead of the uh, of, of players challenging for the first level, or even if not challenging, at least the, the first, you know, the first person on the bench. Papi, you exactly. take about this. So I think Will smaller this teams favor are smaller at a teams or is it ex- equilibrium. Uh, I think generally speaking, I think it's obviously key that uh, the bigger boys in the Premier League, the likes of Man City, the likes of uh, Liverpool, Chelsea. I think they are the ones who who benefit a lot, you know, in terms of uh, these five uh, uh, substitutions in a game. But l- let's look at this on a, on a different spectrum or differently. Look, there isn't much gap in terms of quality or in terms of uh, quality performances uh, between the, the the fourth team in the Premier League up to the seventh team. Uh, 
comparing them to the teams that are in between the number 8th position to the number 12th position. Let's look at this scenario. Man United, uh, West Ham, Arsenal and Chelsea, they are all in the top 8, is it? Rightfully so, they are in the top 8. But how many games have they lost in the previous season against uh, the teams who are placed number 9 going up to number 13? The gap for me between those two ranges of teams isn't that uh, big enough in terms of how they will affect uh, how they will be affected by the five substitutions i think once the bigger teams or the the relatively bigger teams get an advantage the other smaller teams will also get an advantage in terms of uh, squad rotations and introduction of more younger players who will eventually get more game time in the future. But you know what, Papi? With this big, with these big clubs, you can even have a bad season like this. This season, like United. But de- best belief, next season they'll come around. They'll spend big, and definitely they'll come good. It's, it's not different from these small, smaller teams. That if, if even if they have a a bad season. Next season, it's, it's almost a guarantee that it will be a replica. Unlike the big teams, they'll improve the squad and because of quality and quantity. So I think this 5-5 five, five, five substitution rule will actually favor the big teams more because they'll inject quality into the team, not quantity. Ropa? Uh, it's very true. It's, 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 it's two against one in here. Yeah. So probably we'll let our FOP uh, fans out That's, there yeah. uh, put in their views and opinions, I think. Because right now I'm being outnumbered. But generally, I think the big teams, they, they, they are the ones who are to benefit. Moreover, especially we know that they're the ones who reaches uh, uh, to the later stages of all the the domestic competitions and and, and the European competitions. As I well. think it was a test a testament to this. The last even the last season's Champions League, your triumph, Chelsea triumph. They won the you, you Chelsea won the Champions League because of their the season that two came in. Yeah, definitely. I think there five, are ta- five, five substitutions. So I, it, it actually favors the big team. It, it favored it favored Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. Um, Denmark 10, 10 things around um, coming from behind versus France uh, winning 2-1 France had a very poor game first half they, they had a great game uh, but second half Denmark had other plans are they the, really the second favourites Ropa it seems like they are not even taking that, that mental of being the second favourites going into the World Cup I think they still are um, you know every team has its off days and I think uh, this just wasn't uh, France Day, um, but they still have you know that quality, and it was a it was a great performance um, by Benzema. There, you know, he really carried the team. Great goal, great goal. Yes, uh, maturing like fine wine. Yeah, exactly, and um, you know, he really let the drama with Mbappe. You know, he left it to the side and he carried the team. So I think they still are. It was just not their day. Should France be worried, Papi? Like especially their defense, even the the the. the, the the first pairing and even the subs, they're actually now considering goals. Uh, they weren't doing that um, yesterday. So should they be worried going to the World Cup since time is actually r- running out for them? Yeah, I think I think there's, there's reason to be concerned if you're at the Champs uh, defensively. I think uh, he switched to the back three, is it? Not yeah. not long ago. Not long Once Juice Kunde was uh, being a regular Inter- in the, in the national team. Yeah, he was integrated into the back three. I think uh, I've watched Jules Koundé play uh, in the French uh, national team and uh, his first two games, if I'm not mistaken, I forgot the opening, but he made uh, reasonable mistakes in the, in the two goals that 
uh, they considered in the two games that he played. So I think there's reason to be worried because now I don't think there's that right balance between the the back three line and the f- uh, front two uh, defensive uh, men who will be playing in front of uh, the back three. So I think he, he needs to find the right balance there or the right personnel. Uh, if, if 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 not change to to the back to the back four, but I doubt if he's going to change to the back four for the World Cup. Rightly so, Papi. Portugal sit uh, top of the their group after thumping Switzerland four 0 A brace from Sierra Seven, and what uh, what uh, is this? What a goat this is, according to some Sierra um, lovers. And these two heavyweights actually head and shoulders above the rest. Imagine Sierra Seven is, is turning thirty-seven this year, but he's doing wonders proper at this time of his career. And Messi also is doing what is what, what they they know they know best actually. Uh, first game versus Spain, they weren't very impressive, but this second game versus versus um, Switzerland, they were actually impressive. How far can they go, Portugal? Um, I think based off of their performance, um, you know, they're up there with with the very best. And like you said, you know, when you have Ronaldo. Um, despite his age, he's still very reliable. You know, great goal from um, Cancelo as well. Exactly. Um, you know, the likes of Fernandez. Who Too on many technicians, especially in the midfield. Exactly, and it's just about conversion. You know, can they be consistent? Um, but I think I would personally say Portugal are underdogs going to the World Cup. They are actually underdogs, Papi. Mm. They are underdogs. They're the dark horse for me, not the underdogs. Dark, dark horse for you. Watch out, they might come in and snatch it in the dark. But I think there's 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 good balance uh, for Santos' men. I think uh, the likes of Ronaldo, the experience at the front, the likes of Pepe, experience at the back, the likes of João Martino, experience in the middle field, uh, sandwiched by you know the youngsters that are coming in, your Lemars, your Dembels, Dembels, and Kingsley, Kingsley. So I think I think they they're looking good. Okay, so Hungary beat England uh, for the first time since 31 May 1962, ending a 15-game unbeaten streak. Frustrating night for uh, the three Lions, Ropa. They weren't clinical, zero big chances created uh, this past three games. And what is that, what is Southgate doing uh, with this lineup and system? They had five right backs in the team and not even a left back. So how, dist- uh, how distant is this England side? I think, uh, you know, Southgate is not utilizing the players to the best of their ability. Um, because when you look at, I, I saw a lot of England fans complaining that his formation is not working. Um, you know, yes, on paper, England have a lot of quality, but, um, on the field, they just don't seem to have that cohesion. They're not working really well together. And you, I think you said they were third favorites to win the World Cup. Um, they failed to win the Nations League. I just don't know if they'll be able to compete with the best. Um, I'm going to pin this down to the manager because on paper, England has a very good squad. Papi, does he have a uh, first level? Good question. I think uh, I want to allude to what Ropo was just saying. I think uh, when it comes to team cohesion, I know where the problem lies because each and every game it seems like Gareth Southgate is always chopping and changing players. It's, it still feels like he's, he's he's still looking for his his his, his first eleven or he's still giving opportunities uh, to other players. It was a good um, 
strategy to incorporate whoever was playing so well in the English Premier League, regardless of the club. But I think it's now high time you're going into your third tournament, your third major tournament. So I think it's high time that he sticks to his first 11, if it's not his first 15, and really try to make that cohesion work because... Once, time and time again, his back line is changing, his front line is always changing. So I think it's time for him to settle down and come up with his starting 15 for me. Ukraine played Scotland on Thursday, beating them to keep their World Cup ops alive in their first competitive game um, since the war started. But on Sunday, Wales was a stumbling block. They managed to face uh, inspired, Gareth Bale inspired Wales and they were beaten to eat on Wales actually became uh, the first team or should should I say they came the, into this World Cup 2022 since 1964 the last time they played in the World Cup was when a 17 year old Pele was playing for Brazil <laughs> so you can tell Europa, it's been a while since they last played in the World Cup finals yes uh, 64 years that is a very very long time um, I think it was time for them to come back and, you know, Gareth be able to play in the World Cup maybe before he retires. So, <laughs> I think <laughs> they deserve to be back. How good is this, Bell, puppy? Five games for Bell, uh, five games, uh, five goals, three assists. It's five games, three go- three assists in uh, and seven, uh, seven appearances in this World Cup qualifiers. How good is this, Bell? And is he arguably the greatest British footballer uh, ever? All right. Gareth Bell, you know what? You know his mantra. It's Wales, golf, and Madrid. So I think when it comes to playing for Wales, I think he puts his his A game on. Uh, the numbers there, they don't lie. He was instrumental in 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 in, in ensuring that uh, Wales would qualify. And as far as he as being the best British uh, player, I think in terms of the Champions League, I think without a shade of doubt, he has now won five Champions League. I, I three La Ligas and, and three La Ligas as well so I don't think there is any other British player uh, who has three or more uh, correct me if I'm wrong but uh, as far as Champions League uh, play, playing is concerned I think Gerd Bell is, is the greatest British player to ever grace the Champions League for me how crucial is Bell in this national team setup? the Wales yeah I think I think everything boils down to Gareth Bell if he's in the mood you can actually see that when he puts on that Wales jersey, I think he plays with passion, he plays with determination. Uh, the numbers there, they don't lie. So I think uh, Gareth Bell is 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 the spear of uh, of the spearhead of the the Welsh team. Okay, Ropa, if Bell is a free agent right now, um, if you're Bell, what would you do? Going into the World Cup. That is a very interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, you know, when Gareth Bale was at Real Madrid, he, he received a lot of money. Uh, there was a lot of controversy um, during his time there. You know, he barely played. Yeah. Uh, and even though he won years. all those titles, this he last barely cheated. Yes, mm-hmm. in the last few years. Um, if I was Bale, because I want to make an impact in the World Cup, I would cut, um, take a pay, pay cut, um, just look for any team that wants me. Any. Make sure you've got the money already, so you can play money. for the love. So I've got the money the already, and I just want to play and make sure I'm fit for the World Cup because it seems Gareth Bale cares a bit more about the national team than the club. 
Why can't you just sit around Pipey, train at home, then wait for the World Cup final without uh, being attached to any any other team? Well, if if they can be only one player who can do that, I think it's Gareth Bale. Remember, he's always up for Wales, and then golf comes second, and then uh, the club football later. But I think if I was Gareth Bale, I think I'll I'll, I'll psych up myself for 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 the World Cup, and that means simply to go to a very competitive uh, club once my contract uh, ends at Real Madrid. If I was Gareth Bale, I'll probably be looking at Tottenham Hotspur, another return, the second coming, is it? Yes. And then he's, uh, he's being linked with uh, Cardiff. Cardiff, back in balls. Yeah. So hometown. he's already looking uh, towards uh, retirement there. If I was Gareth Bale, I wouldn't go to Wales personally because I, I need to be sharp for the World Cup. Remember, this is going to be his first World Cup why would you want to to play in Cardiff, a lower league? With all due respect, uh, it's a lower league compared to all the other big leagues. It simply means that you'll be out of shape, out of touch, and uh, you might struggle in the World Cup. Lopa, why can't you just sit around at home, train, then wait for the for the World Cup finals? He's been doing that in Madrid this 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 current year. <laughs> Seven appearances no. across all competitions. So, so what's the difference now? I guess the difference would be he has a, a club, club that he pays for, right? Uh-huh. Training. Yes, that- exactly. And here is just Gareth Bale is a footballer who plays for Wales. You know, at least he had Madrid to his name. You just want that club to your name. Um, yeah, he, he barely played, you know, the last years, but I, I just couldn't. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, but it would make sense for him to just sit around when he does have teams that would be willing to take the gamble. No, obviously, a team that is, that is supposed to sign him, they'll be, they'll be having an eye uh, uh, towards the World Cup um, yes, for yes. him because definitely wants a short deal. Most probably wants a short deal because he's eyeing um, the, 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 the World Cup. So, it's actually mind-boggling for, for the managers who's going who's gonna, to um, sign for... Yeah, I think it would be sign interesting to see what happens in the end. But I just don't think it would make sense for him to just sit around when he can have a club just for the sake of, you know, when a person Google's Gareth Bale, they can see a place for a club even though he's... You'll so still be busy. Sake. You'll be playing golf, is it, as well? So you'll still it's be busy. It's golf. Uh, <laughs> it was golf. Golf so Madrid. Cl- yeah. So whatever club he plays for will come last. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. So, guys. Sergio Mane scored his 32nd goal of uh, for Senegal. He, he became the all-time top goal scorer for each country and the best playmaker as well 31 games 31 goals 24 assists incredible 7 to this Senegal side puppy Sadio Mane I think very uh, loyal very loyal to his country you know I think uh, when it comes to Senegal as an ambassador on and off the pitch I think uh, there are none other players that uh, can compete to Sadio Mane uh, does he get enough recognition? I think, I think, I think he does get enough recognition, especially in Senegal and in Africa as well. But I, I don't know out there, you know, in Europe. But I think they know that Sadio Mane is actually one of the all-time greats uh, in terms of uh, the line of Terangas are concerned. He's the first Senegalese player to win the Premier League, to win the Champions League, to win the Africa Player of the tournament. So, what an incredible achievement for, for him, Sadio Mane. Incredible indeed. Numbers yeah. don't lie. Algeria got the AFCON 2023 qualifier off to a winning start um, with a 2-0 um, demolition over Uganda um, with a brilliant solo effort from Yosef Bailesin. Um 
I think we watched the game together. Yep. You, that's solo goal. What can you say about that? I think uh, the likes of Lionel Messi will be proud of that uh, individual brilliant goal. I think uh, he played with flair. He, he played with uh, determination. You can you cannot travel with the ball for 30 yards plus. Dribble six players and then curl a nice firm shot. I think he had a wonderful game. You could tell by the way he was celebrating. He actually went on to hug uh, the coach. I think it, it, it was his first, uh, second or first goal uh, for the Algerian Foxes after an exile away from the national team for a while there. Yeah, right, so Papi. So the news has, has been trending uh, on social media platforms. Rafa Nadal claimed his 14th uh, Rolling Gallows title. Um, Centineas since his first French Open title, Papi. Is he the god? Before we go any further, he's, he's got 22 grand slam <laughs> <got 22 grand laughs> titles and um, Novak Djokovic has got 20 and the great Roger Federer got 20 also. But so he's, too, he's clear ahead of um, he's too clear ahead of these two Look, maestros. Uh, uh, as far as numbers are concerned, uh, 22 major titles, I think. One the Australian no Open also and the French, and Open, the French this Open this year. Yeah, this year, definitely. I think uh, he, he's up there. Numbers don't lie. And uh, especially when it comes to the clay court, I think he's the king of clay. I think the, the man loves dirt. He loves dirt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's king, of clay. <laughs> king of clay, Ropa. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, what? I, I would say, you know, he's 2020, he's still going. For now. It doesn't look like he's... Yeah, he's, 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 he's incredibly He's actually yeah. irritated that he's not going to retire anytime soon. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I think I think he knows that uh, the likes of uh, Novak Djokovic are knocking on the on the door pretty soon. So twenty two. I actually fear that guy. Yeah, he's coming. Djokovic is coming. You know, it was unfortunate for him uh, that he couldn't play the Australian Open because of those uh, visa issues related to the COVID vaccines and and whatnot. But I think uh, uh, he knows. Uh, uh, Rafa, he knows that uh, the likes of uh, Djokovic are uh, really hot on his neck, so he needs to cover up ground, and he looks incredibly fit. But he said he's gonna miss the Wimbledon if uh, his injury is not um, is not properly healed. So maybe there's a chance that he's gonna miss the Wimbledon. Yeah, it would be unfortunate if we we don't have uh, the three best players in the world in the Wimbledon, one of the most prestigious uh, uh, tournament. But uh, we just hope that uh, the the run continues and the battle for greatness uh, between uh, him uh, no, uh, and uh, Novak and uh, Roger. the great Roger. I think we we like to we like to see how far these guys can push themselves. And also the great uh, the Golden State Warriors level this year is in game two against the Bolton Celtic. Celtic. Steve Steph Curry with twenty nine points and the game three is on th- is on Thursday. Like it's a it's game seven, right, Papi? So who, who, who do you think will actually win this finals, the ring? You know, I would first, want, I uh, wouldn't Boston won the first, the first, first game. game yep. Then it was, uh, Golden State replied, it's 1-1. Now going to game three in, in Boston, uh, what can you expect from them and the series as a whole? I think it's going to be a tight series. But you can chip in also. I think it's going to be a tight series. You know, I, I watched the, the, the last game. I think Steph Curry was on fire. So mm-hmm. my, my fear for, for Boston is that uh, once Steph Curry gets into his three-pointer groove, I think it's going to be hard to stop them. Remember, the Golden State Warriors, they are known as the third quarter team. Third quarter team. So if, if, if this goes to the wire, I think uh, the team with the most heart, the team with the, with the most powerful engine in terms of fitness, 
uh, it's judged by the third quarter going up as I think I think if it goes to that I think the Golden State Warriors you might have an edge. edge. Um, I would say the Golden State Warriors. You know, I, I think it was a great comeback mm. um, for them. They needed know. that. Yeah, they did, and Steph Curry is always. Mm. There's also Clay Clay Thompson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the first game, he had a brilliant game. Yeah, he did. Green, so, green as well. You green know, as well. Yeah. Putting so that boss performance. But don't take yeah. Boston for for granted. Definitely. Also. Okay, so rightly so, guys. So join us on the latest on the latest edition of the Field of Play. Not forgetting to like and follow our social media platforms, Anchor FM and Google Podcast. Um, from the FO crew, till we meet again. It's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.